Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers and have a safe tomorrow. All right, y'all, here we are at night number seven of our Campfire Tales. That means we're more than halfway through our march to Halloween, and I personally could not be more excited. I mean, I'm a little tired, but that's okay because spooky season only comes once a year. Now, tonight around this campfire here, we're going to head back to North Carolina, and I'm going to tell y'all a good old-fashioned ghost story about a gold mine. That's right, a North Carolina gold mine. Many know, or at least have heard, of the California Gold Rush back in 1848. Most don't realize that this wasn't the first gold rush in American history. Gold was actually first discovered in North Carolina in 1799 on the property of a man named John Reed when his son found a large yellow rock in a creek that ran through their farm. Well, a slimy jeweler recognized the stone for what it was and he offered Reed $3.50 for that rock, which he took, but the farmer found out later that he should have gotten about $3,500. Fortunately, Reed did recover some of those funds later when the jeweler returned for more of those yellow rocks. But by then, word had spread of the discovery, and North Carolina was now the place to be, with John Reed's farm at the center of the first American gold rush. For almost 50 years following, North Carolina remained the country's leading producer of gold until California took its place in 1848. Now, it wasn't that far from Reed's farm that there was another mine operated by a man who legend remembers as Jonathan Skinflint McIntosh. It's said that Skinflint McIntosh's gold mine was one of the richest in the state, and at 450 feet deep, it was certainly the most dangerous. In order to find workers, Skinflint promised high wages, and he swore to them that he only used the finest timbers as support beams to ensure their safety. One of these men was Joe McGee, an expert miner that Skinflint knew would help him make a fortune. But recognizing the dangers of such a deep mine, and honestly not really convinced of the mine's stability, McGee told McIntosh that it only worked he received a guarantee that if something happened while in the mine, his widow would be paid $1,000. Skinflint balked at the number, swore again to the safety of the mine, 
and then told McGee that if this did in fact happen, his widow would instead receive $2,000. So with this agreement in place, Joe McGee got to work. Then, one night, Joe McGee failed to return home. His wife Jenny waited up for him, and as minute after minute passed, she grew increasingly nervous, until finally she decided to round up a group of his friends to form a search party. These men were all experienced miners, so they fearlessly took to the tunnels of Skinflint's mine, but they found no sign of their friend, leaving Mrs. McGee to continue waiting for her husband to return. Unfortunately, he never would. So after several weeks passed, and Joe McGee's fate was still unknown, his wife went to Skinflint McIntosh and demanded that she be paid her promised $2,000. But Skinflint refused, telling her that surely her husband must have just run off on her, so he did not owe her anything. He then slammed the door in her face. Of course, it's said that it wasn't long after this altercation that a miner named Sean was awoken by a knocking on his cabin door late one night, and upon opening the door, he was shocked to see an apparition who spoke to him in the voice of Joe McGee. The spirit said that Skinflint had cut costs on building his mine and used unsafe green timbers as support beams. One day, while Joe was in the mine, those timbers had given way, causing a cave-in, and as a result, McGee died. After telling this miner where he and the other men should search to locate the body, the spirit asked if Skinflint McIntosh had at least paid the money he had promised to Jenny. And upon learning that he had not, the spirit wailed, I'll haunt that mine of his forever, before dissipating into the night. The next day, Sean led a search party back into the mine, and the group uncovered Joe McGee's body right where the spirit said it would be. Then, after removing his remains, the men gathered up their arms and confronted Skinflint McIntosh, who admitted that he had in fact known of Joe's death, so the men forced him to honor his promise to Joe McGee and pay his widow $2,000. After word got out about Joe McGee's fate, Skinflint McIntosh began struggling to keep his mind open, as finding miners who would work for the now-notorious owner became increasingly hard to find. Some say this was merely because of his reputation, but others say that it was the result of a terrifying white figure that purportedly appeared in Skinflint's mind, loudly wailing a warning to all who entered of the danger that lay above their heads. My name is Brandon Schecksnyder, and you've been listening to Southern Gothic. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.
All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. So listen and subscribe to This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History wherever you get your podcasts.